You're listening to Steve Allen on the Think About It podcast. Hi, Steve here. The headline prepares you for what follows in the video and the reinforcement of fear and mandates laid out in this video. The experts say there's no getting back to normal. The sooner we accept that, the better. A few months ago, as I sat getting my hair cut, my salon professional said she was looking forward to the day when we would be able to throw these masks in a big pile and burn them and get back to normal. I told her then, we're never going back to normal. They won't allow that. Dr. Sanjay Gupta goes through the supposed misconceptions about COVID-19 in this video. Misconception number one, only older people are affected by this virus. Fact is, everyone's been impacted in some way by the virus. While older people are much more likely to die if they're infected, younger people are by no means immune. There have been over 840 COVID-19 related deaths in young people. Over 840 related deaths in young people? Related deaths means they could have had an underlying condition just like an elderly person. At least 850 children, 17 and younger, have been hospitalized. With younger people like Juliet, it could be that their immune systems reacted too strongly, creating this cascade of inflammation, a cytokine storm. In older people, it could be that their immune systems are too weak. But whether you're young or old, survivors also have something else to worry about. Their symptoms may linger and persist much longer than we first realized. Misconception number two, masks don't offer any protection against the coronavirus. Even if they had no symptoms, masks became a must. Some studies have found that masks can reduce the amount of droplets that you breathe out by up to 90%. Take a close look at this video. This is without a mask. Now with the mask, you can see how many fewer droplets are being expelled. The doctor says that some studies show masks can reduce the amount of droplets you breathe out by 90%. Fewer droplets, but still, you can clearly see droplets coming out of the masks. Isn't this like saying, I only have a couple holes in my boat, but it's still better than not having a boat to go fishing in? Okay, okay. Oh, no. And a surgical mask has something else. Electrostatically charged fibers that can grab viral particles, kind of like a blanket will grab your socks in the dryer. How many people out of the entire population are wearing surgical masks? So will they mandate that every last person in the world has a surgical mask to wear? Or will we just keep rolling the dice and see if that other 10% coming from everybody's face mask will do anything to stop the virus? Misconception number three, you can only catch COVID-19 if you've been in close contact with someone who actually has symptoms. You remember that choir in Washington state? Out of 61 members, there was only one symptomatic person. After two and a half hours of singing, 87% of the participants became infected. He's saying one person infected almost the entire choir. How do they know that unless they were tested? And how could the testing results be accurate when so many test results are false positives? It was early evidence that the virus could spread not just through touch or through respiratory droplets, but through something known as aerosols. Think of those as suspended viral particles lingering in the air for a while and also traveling much farther than six feet. Misconception number four, everyone will be able to get a vaccine this winter. 
We'll have a few million in November uh, and maybe 10, 20 million of each in December. That would be enough to vaccinate certain populations. Truth is, while everyone is hopeful, we're still not even sure if the vaccine's gonna work. The CNN article says, as 2020 slides into and probably infects 2021, try to take comfort in one discomfitting fact. Things are most likely never going back to normal. Notice, they say it's a fact. According to CNN, what I told the girl who cut my hair was right. They don't expect us to ever return to normal. It's become a well-worn phrase our politicians, officials, experts, even family like to lean on, an ultimate elusive prize. Maybe it's nostalgia for the world of January, a place where daily life more closely resembled our past decades. Perhaps it's a bid to show control, to revert to a time when change was not so universally imposed on us. But January is long gone and it's not coming back. And psychologists will tell you that's only bad if you can't come to terms with it. This headline says a DARPA-funded implantable biochip to detect COVID-19 could hit markets by 2021. The article says the most significant scientific discovery since gravity has been hiding in plain sight for nearly a decade, and its destructive potential to humanity is so enormous that the biggest war machine on the planet immediately deployed its vast resources to possess and control it. Financing its research and development through agencies like the National Institutes of Health, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, and HHS. The revolutionary breakthrough came to a Canadian scientist named Derek Rossi in 2010 purely by accident. The retired Harvard professor claimed that he found a way to reprogram the molecules that carry the genetic instructions for cell development in the human body, not to mention all biological life forms. These molecules are called messenger ribonucleic acid, or mRNA, and the newfound ability to rewrite those instructions to produce any kind of cell within a biological organism has radically changed the course of medicine and science, even if nobody's noticed yet. Rossi said the real important discovery here was you could now use mRNA if you got it into the cells, then you could get the mRNA to express any protein in the cells. And this was the big thing. It was such a big thing that by 2014, Derek Rossi was able to retire after the company he co-founded with a private equity firm to exploit his innovation, Moderna Inc., attracted almost a half a billion dollars in federal award monies to begin developing vaccines using the technology. No longer affiliated with Moderna beyond his stock holdings, Rossi is just watching for what happens next, and he must be horrified. As early as 2006, DARPA was already researching how to identify viral upper respiratory pathogens through its Predicting Health and Disease PhD program, which led to the creation of the agency's Biological Technologies Office, or BTO. In 2014, DARPA launched its In Vivo Nano Platforms, or IVN program, which researches implantable nanotechnologies leading to the development of hydrogel. Hydrogel is a nanotechnology whose inventor early on boasted that 
if it pans out with approval from FDA, then consumers could get the sensors implanted in their core to measure their levels of glucose, oxygen, and lactate. This contact lens-like material requires a special injector to be introduced under the skin where it can transmit light-based digital signals through a wireless network like 5G. Here's a picture of a penny aside a 3D printed hydrogel model of a lung mimicking air sac in Rice University's Houston BRC lab. Once they're implanted inside the body, human cells are at the mercy of any mRNA program delivered by this, unleashing a nightmare of possibilities. It may be the first true step towards full-on transhumanism, popular with influential people like Google's Ray Kurzweil and Eric Schmidt, and proponents who see the fusion of technology and biology as an inevitable consequence of human progress. The private company created to market this technology that allows for biological processes to be controlled remotely and opens the door to the potential manipulation of our biological responses and ultimately our entire existence. It's called Profusa Inc. and its operations are funded with millions from the NIH and DARPA. In March, the company quietly became part of the crowded COVID-19 bazaar when it announced an injectable biochip for the detection of viral respiratory diseases, including COVID-19. In July, a preliminary report funded by Dr. Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and the NIH on an mRNA-1273 vaccine against SARS-CoV-2 was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Moderna provided the study for induced anti-SARS-CoV-2 immune responses in all participants and no trial-limiting safety concerns were identified and supported further development of this vaccine. A month earlier, the NIH had claimed a joint stake in Moderna's mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, citing a contract signed in December 2019 stipulating that the mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidates are developed and jointly owned by both parties. Moderna disputes the federal government's position, stating that the company has a broad-owned and licensed IP estate and is not aware of any IP that would prevent us from commercializing our product candidates, including mRNA-1273. While these megacorporations and companies fight over their billions of dollars, you and I should keep in mind what this technology really means. Sensors implanted in our bodies to measure our levels of glucose, oxygen, and lactate. And once they're implanted inside the body, human cells are at the mercy of any mRNA program delivered by this technology, unleashing a nightmare of possibilities. Like the fact that this allows for biological processes, our biological processes, to be controlled remotely and opens the door to the potential manipulation of our biological responses and ultimately our entire existence. And no one has yet seen all of the data. Think about it.